0: Welcome to Reform Gensers, where we talk about reform theology from a Pittsburgh perspective. I got my man, man. We just met a couple of months ago, but this dude <laughs> is a beast, Ben. I call him Ben the Genius in my mind. I haven't called him that directly yet,
1: <laughs> but he's a genius. Big Ben, introduce yourself, man. My name is Ben Zeisloft. I grew up in the Pittsburgh area um, down in Pierce Township, and right now I'm a student at the University of Pennsylvania out in Philly. Um, this summer I'm heading down to, uh, Nashville to work with The Daily Wire, doing some writing. And right now I'm here with PJ. We just met a couple weeks ago, so it's great to be, uh, already wow. so close to his brother in Christ. Yes, yeah. man. It's, it's a blessing that he crossed our paths like we were just
0: talking about before, praying about before, man. This guy, we got in an argument down in Pittsburgh when we were trying to do some ministry down the mill, man. And this guy... He brought out the sword, and I would not even call it a scalpel. Somebody try to argue with us. He just cut him up. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I need him with me all the time, man. He's a, he's just so uh, brilliant. How old are you, man? 21. 21, and he's writing internship for Ben Shapiro. Are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? So like, Praise God, man. Yeah. So, like, I got a 13-year-old son, man, and and he seems like he could write, too. His dad could not write at all. But, um... If he will follow the same kind of you know path that you're on i would I would be so proud at it as a twenty one year old man doing work like you're doing serving christ bro i'm pro- i'm prou- i'd be proud of my son if you were my son, but you're not <laughs> <laughs> oh man so so now, we could get into the questions, but you have so much brilliance I can ask you anything like so but i i want to go i want to go into the questions because we'll be here all night so
1: first and foremost tell me what the gospel is Mm. yeah the gospel is uh the person work of jesus christ and what god has done through him to bring us back to himself so god is is holy and righteous and just and i think that's something we miss so much as american christians but you know god is every time he's displayed in the bible people are shocked and 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 they get this intense realization their sin. Um, so we know that God is holy and God cannot tolerate sin um, mm. and he's just, he's a just judge of all the earth and he will do rights, yes. uh, Genesis 18. Um, so the problem is we're, you know, God is holy and we're not, God is righteous and we're not, we're rebellious, we're sinners against a holy God. Um, so our great problem is, you know, God is just and he will um, punish sin and iniquity, he doesn't let it pass by, um, but God is also loving and, and kind and and uh, gracious and merciful so he sent his only son jesus christ uh who wrapped himself in human flesh um lived the life we couldn't live yeah. um die on the cross rose on the third day and now we get his righteousness given to us as a free gift and we we repent and believe the gospel and we're brought into a new life un- united with christ by faith wow so so beautiful man amen yeah
0: and, and just to hear the gospel um for christians it should it should be beautiful to you and bring you joy man because like What a great God. Amen. Yeah. Merciful, gracious, but yet just. And Mm -hmm. he is to be feared, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we all got to stand before him. And apart from Jesus Christ, no one has a chance. Amen. Not one. Yep. There's none good, not one. Yep. You know, so except for one. Except for one. Christ, the only good one in our place Beautiful, bro.
1: And Beautiful. You, you see that story on every single page of the Bible. You can't get away from it. It's it's always pointing to Christ, always pointing to his gospel. And the, the great question of the scripture that I missed, and we'll get into this later, that I missed for so long in my life is, you know, how can, you know, the question I've been asking was how can God be both a uh, hater of sin and a lover of us who are sinful? And the answer is Jesus.
0: Right, right. How can a sinful men get right with a holy God? How can mm-hmm. he still be holy and just and let us wicked people into heaven? Yeah. Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. Man. And, and I'm learning now, and I have been learning for years, but it's really getting concrete that the gospel permeates all of life too. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, yes, he justifies us and glorifies us through Christ. Like we've been buried with him, raised with him, seated in heaven with him but also our whole lives it should mm-hmm. permeate every area of your life mm-hmm. so like the spirit is making us more and more like Christ and whatever gifts you have and your gifts are writing and intelligence and and and, and apologetics and and even gospel evangelism but, but for me it's like football I, he let me be in the sports realm he let me be in the criminal justice realm for mm-hmm. years and then he let me okay i could teach a little bit do some music but he that's my the whole area of the christian life is that christ is redeeming it all by his spirit and we use it for his glory mm-hmm. so like i know the church has truncated the gospel even myself fell into it but it ain't truncated it's mm-hmm. it's all of our lives that's Permeated. Right. absolutely
1: and yeah. we use all of it for his glory yep man. and we're and the great thing is like we're very different people you yeah. know, I haven't known you for very long but right. you know very different people very different skill sets but we can get along because of who we are in Christ Absolutely. So we, we have the same salvation we know that God is, is creating us into reflections of who Christ is yeah. in the unique ways that he made us to be his image bearers and it's really cool to see that in other people as well
0: man yeah,
1: yeah. we have one spirit Amen. One Christ, yeah. one
0: baptism, even if you're a Presby, but, <laughs> but, no, but I, you know. I'm not, I'm not, it, so we're yeah, good. So, yeah, but it's one, we're one body. And me and you, let's just, let's just talk about this. Mm-hmm. Because we're both, what would they call, lower melanin level type of people. <laughs> but we're completely yeah. different in culture, to be honest. Yeah. Like, we, but Christ, we're brothers in Christ. That's right. All right. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So now tell me tell me how you came to Christ. How did you get saved? what's your testimony? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah um so I grew up um, in a believing household. My parents are Christians um grew up going to church every Sunday and youth group on Wednesdays, you know definitely mm-hmm. a church kid growing up um and my faith was very nominal for a very long time and, and part of that was um you know the fact that the, the church could have been more solid theologically it could have been more explicit about the gospel um but also it was my own lack of interest. It was me you know seeing Christianity is just like a Sunday night, Sunday morning thing, Wednesday night thing, and that's kind of it. it. As we were saying, it doesn't really permeate into the rest of our lives, um, and right. that's kind of how I operated with Christianity. And I had people I could have asked my life. I could have asked my parents, could have asked my grandparents um, about what it means to follow Christ, and I never really had that interest. Um, so heading into college, I, um, I ended up joining a Christian fellowship. I actually met a guy um, even the summer before I started school, and he kind of plugged me into the whole Christian community there. Um, and it was actually starting to go to the Bible study with that Christian fellowship at Penn, um, where I noticed like all these guys around me are about the same age and they know the scripture so much better than I do. Wow. And they live principled lives. Um, of course not because they're self-righteous because of, of, how Christ had transformed them. Right. And I, I look at that and I see, man, my Christianity is not like that. I don't know the Bible. I know John 3, 16 and first Timothy four twelve and the verses that everyone knows. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, you can't ask me a question. Like I can go to scripture and address everything. Um, in the world with, with what God has to say. Um, so that was really convicting for me. And then over the course of that um, school year especially, you know, kind of had one foot in the world, one foot in the culture at Penn, which is very, like, academically competitive. Yeah. Um, and also one foot in Christianity. And it kind of... Um, Started getting to the word for myself, uh, opened my Bible for the first time. I read the book of James because mm. I was like, oh, it's short, you know, that'll yeah. be easy. <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't. And then uh, started reading through John and right about John 6, um, if I had to pick up a particular moment when I was regenerated, yeah. it would probably be like John 6, 37, like all who believes will never cast out. Like something just clicked yeah. in my mind where I kind of see the gospel as beautiful for the first, for the first time, uh, saw Christ as, as beautiful, saw him as worthy to follow and not just a guy you know, who had heard of um, growing up my entire life as, you know, an American kid in, in the suburbs.
0: Wow, that's beautiful, yeah. man. Beautiful, beautiful. How, like, regeneration, man. Like you were saying, them guys that were walking in principle. Mm-hmm. Like we, I probably said this before, Ezekiel 36, he gives you a new heart and puts mm-hmm. his spirit inside you and makes you want to obey him. Yeah. Now the Christian, right. by the Spirit, wants to obey. And just to add, who obeyed perfectly? Christ, members. yeah, but the Spirit's making us more like Christ. So therefore, we want to love God more and love our neighbor more, just like Christ, if we're mm-hmm. filled with the Spirit. So guess what, world? <laughs> you need more Christians with the Spirit. Amen. That's the way. That's the way of love spreads. We love God and love our neighbor more.
1: Yeah, amen. Wow, and it's we just got like, the answers. Mm-hmm.
0: Just just saying, God got the answers. It's in His
1: Word. All right, yeah, good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I really liked your interview. Interview with uh, P G Or no. JJ's is his name, right? Not the man, but J J. But you yeah. describe the gospel, um, or like the the Christian, as you know, the gospel is like a beautiful woman, yeah. and then the dormant is the good works, and it's it's like the good works caught my eye, but then I saw that the gospel itself was beautiful. That's kind yeah. of kind of how it went for me. Yeah. That was a cool analogy that you used. Yeah, yeah. The
0: the 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 gospel is the most beautiful. God made message and plan that he fulfilled through his son. Mm -hmm. Started in eternity past and ends when we go to glory. Mm -hmm. But he's working all human history out at the apex is the cross and resurrection. But then I'm I was listening to uh the Fight Laugh Feast conference and even the first cross politics show today. And they're talking about our Christian lives when we're filled with the Spirit and walking is beautiful mm-hmm. you can't argue against that i could yeah. have all the arguments in the world and live like a jerk but if i have the spirit of god he's going to be moving through me in love and worship and helping people and you know
1: what i'm saying yeah and your story you know life is going to be beautiful because right. of the gospel yeah i i gotta tell you yeah like the last two years of my, of my life were seriously following christ yeah hands down the best years of my life not necessarily easy but just <sighs> just fulfilling and and worthwhile and you know walking with him every day it just changes everything yeah absolutely
0: it's really it really is man i think these last couple weeks with me with this health scare he kind of he kind of shook me up a little bit and made me think deeper and the gospel's never been so sweet but it's like i've been born again again like (laughs) that's not theologically accurate but every day is almost like an adventure and, and and every day he gives me opportunities to either encourage a brother or talk to a non believer, mm-hmm. multiple people. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful, bro. It's, I just love it, man. I, it's like I'm a He who finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen.
1: Yeah it's like um yeah being brought to greater greater degrees of glory or yeah. you know 1st Thessalonians 4 like you know loving others more and more you speak yeah. of that progressive sanctification and it's, and yeah even last week you called me like late at night and talking to me talking to me about this idea you had and it yeah. I could just like, through the phone could tell, like, how excited you were for Christ, and it was just cool to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some, some big plans. We'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> hey, man, if they stay small, I'm good with that. If they get big, I'm good with that. Whatever God wants to do, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, Ben, so so, describe to me a little bit further. And you could probably go more in depth than, like, a lot of people, because you're so smart, dude. Um, <laughs> brief summation of Reformed theology, because that's what we're... That's what we're in, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, reformed theology starts with the sovereignty of God, um, which I don't know, you know, looking back at my life before really understanding reformed theology, which, by the way, happened about the same time I was saved. Um, A lot of the uh, Christians who were influencing me at the time happened to be Calvinists. So they had really, really good theology (laughs) of the gospel and things like that. Um, But yeah, as a lot of your guests have said, you know, reformed theology is biblical. That's why we believe it. Um, And, you know, chief among the doctrines of the Bible, one of the most beautiful is the sovereignty of God mm. where nothing surprises God. He ordains the end from the beginning. Yeah. Um, he's worked, history is linear. He's bringing it to a purpose, which is the glorification of himself. Um, wow. So everything else kind of falls with that and also the depravity of man. Mm. Um, so I think that was actually, you know, coming to a form of theology, which happened around the same time I was saved. Um, that was one of the less hard pills to swallow because it is something that the church I grew up going to did preach faithfully. Okay, But understanding ourselves as thoroughly rebellious against God is a game changer where we see the fact that everything we we love, everything we do is, is of sin, whether we realize it or not, you know, it could be looking like living a righteous, decent life. And, you know, behind that is, you know, some desire for pride or something, you know, everything we are before we're in Christ, apart from his common grace boils down to our depravity. Um, yeah. So God, you know, it, it's so beautiful to understand the gospel as a divine rescue plan that he initiates entirely. Yeah. Um. So instead of us, you know, him kind of offering it to us and, you know, the whole power of the gospel being reduced to whether or not we reach out our hand and grab back. Instead, it's it's him grabbing us out of that that sickness, that darkness and bringing us into transferring us to the kingdom of his glorious light to use Colossians. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so It's all good. him. And it all, you know, it, it gives you this great... Um, appreciation for who he is, and you know, this amazing love for him that couldn't be produced otherwise. Just reading the Bible, understanding this is how the Bible talks about the gospel truth. Yeah, man. you're spiritually dead, following mm-hmm. sin
0: and following Satan. What can dead people do, Ben? <laughs> nothing, eh, nothing but stink. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And unless he makes you alive by his spirit, you ain't coming to him. You're gonna follow your sin, and it's gonna take you to hell. Mm-hmm. But he chose to save us. Amen. Listen, man, I know some of y'all ain't reformed that listen to this, but at the end of the day, we get no credit. Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, Revelation. Amen. Amen. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we, he gets all the glory, and even now as a Christian, if I say anything good, do anything good, it's actually the Holy Spirit, like Paul said. hmm if it's if it's sin, guess what? That's PJ creeping in. That's Ben creeping in. <laughs> yep. That's why we put him to death. That's right. The sins yeah. to death. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, we still got remaining sin in us, and we got to put it to death.
1: Yes, we do. Oh, absolutely we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it was also a big game changer for me to understand, you know, how the Christian sees his sin, right? Where, you know... Not that we're done sinning, you know, when we're a Christian. We do see, you know, we we grow in sanctification and holiness and so forth. But the more we know God's word, the more we grow closer to God, the more we see our sin as ugly, the more we see our sin creep into our lives. And that that causes us to want to mortify it more because we want more of God. Yeah. Wow. I'm
0: reading that book now, Mortification of Sin by John Owen. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's heavy. And then... My mom, for my birthday, bought me the Calvin's Institutes, man. I'm getting into it <laughs> my now, My parents got bro. that for me
1: for Christmas, yeah. What? It's good. Yes, yeah.
0: we're on the same page. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, the sovereignty of God. I've heard somebody say, like, okay, you, most Christians believe God is sovereign over nature. Who makes the grass grow? Or babies getting bigger. Who makes them grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, God is sovereign. But then when it comes to salvation, he
1: leaves it up to us. Right.
0: Now that's the most important thing in the universe. He ain't leaving that up to us. And if he yeah. did. It, no one would come to him. Right. No one would come to him. All that the father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I'll certainly not cast out. And no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. That's mm-hmm. in John, man. Amen. It's not in. It's not in the Pauline. That's Jesus talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. even, even if it was Paul, it's the Holy Spirit talking. That's right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, that's great. That's great. So. You would agree with uh, who is that? RC Spro, like mm-hmm. I said the last episode, regeneration precedes faith. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, I was listening to a couple guys, Steve Lawson, that like we believe in the five solas, but the main, the three main ones that are so beautiful uh, in Christ alone, mm-hmm. grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Man, God's undeserved kindness. He gives you the gift of faith, and that faith is in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's all from God. If you want to take credit for it, you, you could go ahead, but you're stealing glory at the end of the yeah. day, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think the Christian's desire is to see God glorified. Yes. And that you know that is chiefly through the gospel. So I think that's also something good to understand about the Reformed theology, where if God is doing all the work, He also gets all the glory. Yeah. Oh, man. Amen. And
0: then you have to think, too, as far as evangelism. Okay, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Mm-hmm. Like Romans, what's that, Romans one sixteen. So we're called to proclaim this gospel, and for those that God chose and elected by his spirit, when they hear the gospel, he regenerates them. Mm-hmm. It's it's all on him. Absolutely. All our job yeah. is to do is proclaim it. I don't know. It's not like Spurgeon said, we can't tell who got an E on their back for election. We just preach the gospel. <laughs> yeah. So even yeah. if you're an Arminian or uh, not reformed, we're, we're doing the same thing y'all are doing. Yeah. We're preaching the same gospel. It's just uh, how, who makes it effective? Mm-hmm. You or God? Sovereign God. That's right. Amen. Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit. Hey. Mm-hmm. Working together too. Let me add that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Trinity never works against each other, right? Add to that. So the Father chooses them, he gives them to the Son in eternity past, sends his son to live perfectly, die, raise, and save him. And then he sends his spirit into the ones that he chose to make alive. Right? Mm-hmm. If if those three Persons of the Trinity are against each other, that doesn't work. Yep. You know he doesn't regenerate everybody because everybody's not a believer. Right. So the the atonement is at work for those that he chose. It's the same thing with those who are born again. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Add to that a little bit because you're smarter than me. <laughs> no, um you know Shylin, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He has a great song. I don't remember which one it is, but he talks about like it's the father elects them. The son pays the debt and protects them. The spirit is the one who resurrects them. Boom!
0: We got bars! <laughs> bars! I,
1: I, there's a good reason I didn't rap that. Yeah, you can't yeah, rap, but, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Ephesians 1 is the best best text for that. And there's a great Steve Lawson sermon about that, actually, um, where he really does a great job of dissecting like, the triune uh, covenant of redemption where the, the father chooses the one who the son saves and the spirit applies his salvation to him. And you know that just blew my mind the first time I learned it, like what and it just causes worship, like what a great god this is yes. that he would choose such a beautiful way to pull us out of out of our own ways and bring us into his wow, beautiful
0: man, beautiful, wow, mm-hmm. all right, now let's get down to the fun part. These are always fun <laughs> for me. who's your favorite reformer from history past church
1: history you know that's dead and gone man who's who's mm-hmm. that? Well, recently it's been uh, J.C. Ryle. I love J.C. Ryle. Yeah. That's it. Um, He's the man. Yeah, yeah. The, the favorite book I've read besides the Bible since I've become a Christian is, is Holiness by J.C. Ryle. It took me almost a mm. year to read because I'd read like three pages and I would just want to sit about it, It's like sit down and think about it all day. Oh, I've got to get um, that now. It's, oh, it's really good. It's really good. Um, But it's just, his writing is, it kind of reminds me of, um, let's see, if you can compare like the writing of Paul in the Bible to the writing of John, where Paul's very like logical, didactic, very intellectual whereas John is like simple and yet super super deep. JC Rowell's more the latter. He's simple and really deep, but it blows your mind every time. Yeah. Just like John 1 is some of the most like simple words in the New Testament. Yeah. The theology is probably the richest that's ever been written by a man, by a man, right. right? Right. So it's just it's like JC Rowell's writing a scriptural practical and yeah, like I still think of on a daily basis almost just the the practical ways in which he lists out how to follow Christ. And I just read uh, a Fast by Young Men, which is another really good one of his yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, recently. I read that one much faster read it in a couple of days because it's really short. Wow. Um but that yeah, that also just yeah, he did a great job of showing, you know, how important it is for a young man, especially you know, me being twenty one years old, of repenting of sin fast and learning to follow Christ fast and, and learning to serve Christ while you're young. And you know, that that book produced in me. This like great thankfulness to God that I get that I get to know him at a young age. Um and I get to follow him for all my life. Right, right. Man, that's good. That's good stuff, bro. Um JC Rao, anybody else? Anybody else from history? Let's see. Um, uh, Calvin, of course. Yeah, getting yeah. into the institutes. Um, you know, I think there's this Calvin gets a bad rap because yeah. he's he's associated as a mean guy with, you know, reform theology is is evil and so forth of, of course we know that it's not yeah um but yeah i mean just some really uh beautiful writing in the institute's really like, yeah. poignant makes you sit down and think um i'm not very far into it but him just talking about um i just got it today man i'm gonna yeah. read it tomorrow man <laughs> yeah like just talking about um atheism that's the kind of stuff that we see at the abortion mill when we're out there where True. it's you know the, the the ways in which people reject god are, are really well summarized by him and it makes sense um so yeah, Calvin's another good one. Uh Spurgeon is another one. You can give me some Spurgeon. Yeah. I'm reading um, my grandmother got me his commentary on Psalm 119. Um, just beautiful. Like the way that he describes uh, like the author's love for the word is really, really cool. The Prince yeah. of Preachers, man. Prince of Preachers. Prince of yeah. Preachers.
0: He he he's brilliant.
1: Um, and I would say, so say that book
0: again by JC Rao. Uh so holiness and then yeah. um thoughts for young men. Hey, if you're listening, grab that. Grab Calvin's Institutes, even if you're an Arminian or not reformed cat. Listen, read it, and then you get back to me where you disagree with it in Scripture. Yeah. Get rid of the presuppositions you have about Calvin, please, because he he changed history. Mm-hmm. The Protestant Reformation, the, the the Protestant work ethic, this guy, and then he influenced all the other reformers that we love, too. And I'm a little, I was learning uh, about John Knox.
1: Yeah. Oh, John I love Knox. John Knox too. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: man. yeah. He's rough. He's rough. He's a tough guy, mm-hmm. but he Calvin took him under the wing. Like, look, man, because Calvin gets a bad rap, but Calvin was a loving, gracious kind of dude. Yeah, and he tried to pull Johnny Knox. Like, look, man, you gotta chill a little bit. Like, <laughs> you know, they're gonna chop your head off, bro. And he didn't really listen, but still, <laughs> it, Calvin was being the softer guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And what was the last one you said? Oh, Spurgey. Everybody. Spurgeon. Yeah. You, people, even non or non. Reform cats love Spurgeon, it don't matter because he's so he puts his words together and it's almost like even even when he makes examples of like literation from his sermons, like mm-hmm. trying to trying to make like little what do, what do, what do you call that? Uh, what word am I looking
1: for? He's a smart guy. Uh, like figurative language? Yeah, uh, like yeah. analogies? Yeah, he, yeah. His
0: analogies, he pulls them from scripture. Yeah. He doesn't like say, hey, I was at Starbucks or whatever. I was at this coffee. Nah, he pulls right. his analogies from scripture. He Somebody said if you cut
1: him, he'd bleed Bible. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Bit a lot of the Pur- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A lot of the Puritans like that too, where they, you know, it, it, I think that it gives evidence to a mind that has been formed and taught by scripture where yeah. the first thing that you always pull out is something from the Bible. Even if it's not necessarily like um, a precise, you know, application of the text to what you're talking about. That's not really the point, but even just using the imagery provided by the Bible and saying, Oh, that reminds me of this. That yeah. shows that your mind has been inca- like captivated by the word of God. Wow. And that's something I pray for for myself because I see it in the, in these old writers and, you know, someone who loves to write myself and, you know, understands to some extent the power of figurative language. And, wow. and you know, that's something that I want to emulate. You, you know,
0: We've been talking about doing doing music and things like that, and I recently did a song about psalm two- mm-hmm. and I just everybody involved with this with the song, I wanted to study psalm two to to its bleeding out of you, yeah, so even when you're making a beat, it would be a psalm two beat or <laughs> you know so somebody asked me about music today, I told him the same thing he actually gave me an idea that that he was talking about. So I gave him a chapter that kind of aligned with what he was talking about. It was 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5. I mm-hmm. said, just read that and, and and use that idea you already had, but study this scripture so that when you make a song, that scripture in the by the Spirit is going to flow through that song. Same thing with your writing.
1: Absolutely. It's, yeah.
0: You know, it's just going to come out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. God's word does not come back void, man. Amen. Yeah. You know? Yep. Okay. Now, who... Is your favorite guy who who influences you the most that's a reformed teacher now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think definitely when I first, you know, started following Christ seriously right after my freshman year of college, um, it was John MacArthur. Just never been exposed to yeah, yeah. So coming out of college it was almost like a switch flip where all of a sudden I was just I couldn't get enough of sermons and the first guy I found was John MacArthur yeah, because my a, grandmother loves him.
0: Find, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Um yeah, so just the way that he unpacks Scripture, uses, uses Scripture to comment on more Scripture, just really, really cool to me as someone who's trying to learn the Bible for the first time. Yeah. Um, so that was deeply formative for me, too. Uh, Jeff Durbin's been a big one, uh, yeah, especially yeah. in the area of abortion. You know, Anyone who knows me knows that's something that, you know, for whatever reason, God has placed in my yeah. heart. Um, yeah, so, so his one sermon on um, where he brings out, at the end, a mother who had chosen life for a baby— that really got to me and kind of showed me, like you know, this, this great crisis we have in this nation of, oh, man. you know, sinning for the unborn. Um, and then also, uh, let's see, R.C. Sproul's been big, um, yeah, definitely man. understanding like the the mechanics of theology, which is something I'm interested in. Um, He's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, who else? Those are the, big, those are some big ones. Paul Washer, oh, you know, man. definitely couldn't miss Paul Washer. He'll get you, man. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll get, get you. you. But he, but
0: he yeah. probably gets a bad rap too, if you knew him personally, or even listen to some of his sermons. Like I listen to the ones where he's sitting there crying, talking about God's love. He's yeah. not all hammer. Yeah, he's yeah. got other tools, man. And uh, it's beautiful. But even, I was thinking on the way here, because we, there's a lot of cats in our circle that, that try to help in the area of abortion. Um, and I just wanted to say, man, look, my mom had me when she was 18 and she already had my sister at 17. This is why it's a big deal to us, man. Mm-hmm. She could have took taken us out, but she didn't. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm glad she didn't. Still mm-hmm. around. Yeah. But that we don't want that. To, to be honest, it shouldn't be a choice, man. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a choice to take a life. Um, And that's why we're trying to go down there preach the gospel, uh, help women even stand in a gap for them. Like, look, we'll take your baby or we'll send you somewhere so you can mm-hmm. have this baby. Because at the end of the day, that life was created through Christ and for Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's sustaining it. But we're making it okay to take it. And I have to say this too. Anybody that I've known that has done this, there's, there's forgiveness at the cross. mm mm-hmm. Repent and believe in Christ and be forgiven and follow him, man. That's the heart that's the heart of why we're doing what we're doing, man. Because we God made life. He created all. All of us. Absolutely. And we can't be taking each other out, man. It's
1: yeah. crazy. Yeah, and, and it's crazy to see it in scripture how God even uses people who have killed others. So so David um was a murderer and, yeah. and Moses was a murderer and, and Saul was a murderer. And God, and those are some of the greatest pillars of the faith in scripture who God used mightily to bring about his redemptive purposes. So it's, it's really, really beautiful how God, you know, can turn around any sinner, right? No matter how vile they are. And we're all vile. We're all vile in our ways.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think even with, yeah, like Paul used to have to put the stamp of approval of Christians being drug out of temples and killed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like you said, David cheated on the man's wife and had him kill Uriah the Hittite right that mm-hmm. was him so he uses people that that have committed atrocities for his kingdom including us amen yeah including us my son ain't no have. different you yeah. know what I mean especially yes. dudes that grew up with me that I already know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. you know but yeah man so where where do you stay at in Philly now because I'm from out there too
1: Yeah, i stay say right off of Penn's campus. Um, It's like 42nd and Spruce almost. So uh, a couple blocks west of campus. And then, yeah. And so it's it's West Philadelphia, University City. West
0: Philly. I know a couple cats out there. Uh, Where do you go to church out there?
1: Uh, 10th Presbyterian Church. Ah, yeah. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yep, so uh, James Boyce's old church, um, and he hasn't been there for years, obviously. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually becoming a member right now, so that's pretty exciting. Wow. Taking some classes Sunday mornings, um, and then in June, I'll be a member.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Shout out,
0: Tim Brendel. <laughs> he lives out that way. I think he goes. To, he he's an assistant pastor out in Coatesville. Okay. But you're a 10th pressure, good, bro. And then <laughs> his brother actually works at Penn as the trainer. That's right. Yeah, you Steve mentioned that. Steve Brindle, That's my yeah. man. They're both rowdy. <laughs> but uh, there's another dude I, I used to play ball with. His name's Mike Jemison. I just talked to him today. He lives out in West Philly. Man, good dude, man. I liked him, man. I just talked to him today. We used to get, we used to be in some wars in these college football games, man. <laughs> used to be in some wars, so yeah, he lives out there too. Mm-hmm. Probably more people I can't remember off the top of my head, <laughs> but man, Big Ben the genius on reforming. Just anything else you got
1: to say before we roll out? Oh man, um, shoot. You put me on the spot there. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this um and you haven't trusted in Christ, you know, for so many years my life, you know, had this nominal, nominal faith. Um, turn to him, right? It's it's never too late. Scripture says, examine yourself. Um so so look to scripture and look at your own life and see if if God has done that redemptive work in you. There are some pretty telltale signs. Mm. Um and believe me, yeah, following Christ is the best thing you'll ever do. And and it's so Man, he's beautiful, and he's, he's worthy to follow, and he's, he's just so great in so many ways. I can't even... Man, yeah, follow wow. Christ. Follow Christ. And if you're a Christian, follow Christ all the more, right? Wow. Submit all of your life to him.
0: Along yeah. with us, run to Christ. Amen. Because that's what, man, fix your eyes on Christ. And I forgot to mention, we're down here at Homestead in the waterfront <laughs> for all these yinzers out here, in man. In the Chick-fil-A parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I said that chicken ain't bad for you because they dip it in holy holy oil, That's how I can fit it in a diet, you know what I mean? But no, reform Yinzers, man. Reform theology from a Pittsburgh perspective, Big Ben.